Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Queens of Social Work podcast. I'm your co-host, Queen P. And I'm your co-host, Queen A. We invite you all to join us this week as we share, laugh, cry, and learn through our experiences as women of color who happen to be social workers. On this episode, we'll share our personal experiences with COVID-19, how it's affected our practice as social workers, and what it's been like surviving COVID. Even if you've been on another planet for the last few years, I'm sure you know that here on Earth, we've been dealing with the deadly global pandemic, COVID-19. According to the CDC, COVID-19 is a respiratory disease caused by SARS-CoV-2, a new coronavirus discovered in 2019. The virus is thought to spread mainly from person to person through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or talks. So as you guys know, we work in medicine, and I would say we really saw the numbers picking up in terms of the first wave. The numbers started picking up like February last year. And by mid-March last year, it was full pandemonium. Uh, There wasn't enough PPE or ventilators. There were mobile morgues outside, and and mobile morgues is usually um, those refrigerated trucks that were outside parked in front of uh, our place of work. And um, the military had been deployed to come in. They had tents set up in the parking lot. It was crazy. Yes, child. They were everywhere. It just felt like, I don't even want to say a war zone because I've never been to a war zone, but it definitely felt like we were under siege by something. Yes, There was a day where I couldn't even leave work because there were so many bodies lined up at the door. People couldn't bury their loved ones. People couldn't even claim their loved ones timely. People had to go out to Jersey and to Connecticut and to Pennsylvania to bury their loved ones. Funerals had to be people-less. We couldn't grieve. It was just a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, not even a whole thing. It It was too much of a thing, you know, too much. We didn't have the knowledge or the resources to really deal and manage initially. So it was just overwhelming, to say the least. I don't even mm-hmm. have the language to say what it all was, you know? Yeah. And if you're in the NYC area, you may remember there was a funeral home that had a U-Haul truck parked outside mm-hmm. with yes. bodies in it. Yes. And at one point, nursing homes were taking people in. And then when people started to die in the nursing homes, they were all sent to the hospital. So many things were happening. You wouldn't even imagine. Yeah, the, the first wave was crazy. I would say it's hard to imagine that we're still in that place, but it's not because people don't want to wear their mask. People just want to feel like, you know, that COVID is a hoax still. Mm-hmm. And people feel like, you know, they don't have to do anything they don't want to do. So so here we are. Right. But, you know, in the first wave, it was definitely an ambush because the mm-hmm. information we were given was improper. People are saying it was like the flu. It's not that serious. So a lot of people had that reasoning or that thought process until bodies started to drop and then people started to realize this ain't no flu flu don't kill you down like this it don't make you feel like this um it doesn't attack people like this and research started to happen i would say that the the second wave and the first wave are very much different in the fact of the knowledge that we have yes but like you said people outside they they want all kind of bacchanal and so they (laughs) out here no mask touching people up and then next thing oh you don't got to wear a mask you don't got to get vaccinated i ain't doing it and then they in the hospital with the whole thing talking about oh i should have got vaccinated oh okay because you're on your deathbed (laughs) Because you're dying? Because <laughs> you're dying now. 
right? That's that's why you want to believe it. I just see it all over, you know, people's stories like, oh, they didn't believe, they didn't believe, and now they're dead, and their family talking about it. Their wife, their husband said they believed in getting vaccinated, or they wore their mask, but their spouse didn't, and now they're dead <laughs> at 30. Yeah, yeah. Because this Delta variant is definitely picking up people younger. It's like, oh, you didn't believe? You want to be hugging up this person? Guess what? Bam, got you. Right. I think we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge that the government was negligent in their initial response. Mm-hmm. You know, the Trump how, government. How, okay, the Trump government. How Trump got COVID and was still coming out like it's a hoax. Hello? I don't even think he really got it. Man, listen, we could go back and forth about that. You know, oh, just irresponsible, yeah. just irresponsible and, you know, politicizing such a terrible thing. I mean, of course he politicized everything he could. Well, he had all these super spreader rallies and events mm-hmm. and was discouraging people from wearing the mask and all these governors who were under the same, you know, political umbrella as him. Still, you know, with Georgia, still with Florida, still with Texas and these red states, you know? Mm-hmm. You got people dying out, man. And then y'all want to be the first one to open up, open up, you know, and letting people come and not mandating masks and not mandating even even social distancing. You know, huh. it's crazy. It's crazy. These germs spread. These things spread. These droplets are real. Easy. So please share your experience in the first wave and then I'll, you know, take you back on that. Sure. So last year I was you know, working, going about my daily routine. And Mm -hmm. I felt a little under the weather. I hadn't realized that I'd lost my sense of taste or smell at all. Like it didn't dawn on me or even my appetite. I just, you know, figured I wasn't hungry or whatever. Did not think about it. The following day, I woke up with a dry cough and I was like, oh Lord. Like for me, dry cough was it. Like I just, you know, I I had suspicions, but I was like, nah, man, it's allergy season because it's like March, April. Maybe it's a little ting, <laughs> you know, little ting, uh-huh. not a big ting. So I went to work. You saw me. You said, you know what? You don't look so good. Come with me. And I was like, nah, man, it's just a little flu, it's a little allergy, whatever. I'm going to go about my business. He was like, no, no, no. I think you should come with me. We went, got tested. Our tester told us to go home and that she would call us the following day with results. You uh-huh. got your results. You were negative. I got my results. I was positive. Lord, why? So the process it took between being in that elevator to go down to where we got tested. Mm-hmm. That whole process took about 30, 45 minutes. And uh-huh. in intervals almost, like every five minutes, I started to feel worse and worse. And wor- by the time I actually took the test, I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck. I was ah. barely making it back outside, you know, to leave the premises. So the following day, I was told that I was positive. I had to lock down in my abode, clean out everything that I had used and, you know, do all of that. And then I just kind of was sequestered uh-huh. to bed, weak, tired, fever wouldn't break. It felt like I had a head cold, but the head cold wouldn't clear no matter what I took. And you know, we like our herbs and whatnot. So uh-huh. let me preface and say, let me preface it in the middle of the story. Yeah. Anyhow, uh-huh. fortunately, I had taken my immune boosters, right? Uh-huh, I had uh-huh. mixed up some natural medicine. I had put some herbs together. I had been drinking emergency. I had been drinking all these things, right? For weeks before. And I really believe it's because I boosted my immune system in preparation for this thing that I survived COVID. 
oh, yeah. because I was able to fight it off. I think what I had just been eating all my sugar and my dairy and my bread and so on, I would have had a different outcome. I'm, I'm sure of it. So back to the story now. Anyway, so I came home. I sequestered myself. I had to take care of, you know, my family and so on. But the hardest thing in surviving COVID, there were two of the most difficult things I've ever had to experience in my life. One was not being able to touch and see and comfort and be with people I love and live with, like legit not being able to see my family and, you know, not being able to share the bathroom and literally having to run if I saw them or go away in an opposite direction if I saw them carrying the Lysol behind me because I didn't want to contaminate the air and the space. And, you know, I've never been incarcerated and locked up forever. I don't know how people do it and how that's even, you know, something that people would choose because some people like to be in jail right they get their three hots in a cop people <laughs> like to you know be in a kind of um a formal environment that way that they're told okay dinner time break time lights out you know what I'm saying? people like the mm-hmm. kind of you know thing but to be away from people I love was so 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 hard and traumatizing because there's nothing you could do like yo if I get around y'all y'all might die like legit so y'all need to be away you know Mm-hmm. And the second hardest thing was accepting and acknowledging that I am sick. There is no cure for this thing. And it could go either way right now. And so I had to plan a funeral. I had to make sure all my affairs were all together. I mean, I'm pretty good with that kind of thing anyway, but just kind of laying out everything, you know, on the bed next to me, like just waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting. So that was really, really tough and traumatic for me because I'm a young ting, you know, and I'm tender. <laughs> okay. And I'm juicy. <laughs> And I'm all these wonderful things. And mm-hmm. to imagine that my light will be taken from the world, you know, because of this COVID. I can't imagine, you know, we lost so many, so, so many people, good mm-hmm. people, you know, who were just not here anymore, you know, mm-hmm. because they couldn't make it, you know, they didn't have a chance, you know, young people on ventilators, old people on ventilators, just, you know, it was a lot. Yeah, it was. It was. Tell us about your COVID experience. So what happened with you? So let me just backtrack before I go there, because, you know, in relation to the work and the first wave, you know, things changed for us with the work, you know, for a little while. Mm -hmm. And initially when it happened, so when you went down, (laughs) everybody panicked, (laughs) right? When you went down with the first wave, everybody panicked. And so what ended up happening is that everybody was relegated to their death. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you work in medicine, that's feasible and that's not for some, right? You know, just depending. If you work in an ambulatory care setting, you may still be seeing patients, right? So, yes. you know, ultimately people were relegated to their death and talking to patients via the phone. And so fortunately, you know, in our setting, we were protected in that way. In other people's medical settings, they were not necessarily. There were people that were not given proper PPE. And initially, until they got the PPE levels on par, you know, we were at our desk. So we at least had the surgical mask at our desk and, you know, could talk to the patients that way. And when it was time for us to return by, you know, by June, right? Right. 2020, you know, May, June, the PPE levels were on par. We were good to go. And so everybody was protected in that right. You you know, we 
didn't lose anyone, which was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we lost a colleague, but that was in a different setting. So right. but it wasn't in our immediate setting, which was great, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're working under that guy. So everybody was very concerned, you know what I mean? It was just pausing for a second, and I don't mean to take a long pause, but just it was just so chaotic, it felt sometimes, you know, even going to the point, you know, there were patients who did not get to see their family, and it was their last, and so having to start a virtual visitation program, and and then, you know, I volunteered for that, because for some patients, I was the last person they saw, the doctor, the nurse, whoever was working with them, or sometimes they didn't even see you, so, you know, or some people saw you and then they took a turn for the worst, like immediately they seem fine. And then the next minute, you know, boom, they done, they gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was happening in various settings to hear all the calls over the overhead and mm-hmm. about people dying and, you know, things like that. That was for people who were not seeing the body, like some of right. us, that right. was traumatic enough. Yes. Just hearing the call. So, you know. Mm. That was the first wave. And so as we started to, you know, ease up and the numbers started to lower, you had a sense of relief, like, okay, it's lowering. And, you yes. know, and I think initially I was one of those people, like, you know, when they started doing the vaccine and saying the vaccine was coming, I was like, wait, hold on. I got to wait and see. I'm going to let all these people go ahead and get it. <laughs> and I'm going to see what happened. I wasn't saying I wasn't going to get it, but I just said, I need to see what's going on. I'm going to wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you talking about, you know, things really started getting pumping with that November, December, and then January, right? January. So we're talking about now 2021, this year, and things seem to be dying down. You don't get too loose, right? You still have to wear a mask around, you right. know, and right. when you go to see patients, you're no longer at your desk since June, July of 2020. You know, you're seeing people, you know, that you either wear your N95 to see patients and then when you're walking around the office, you wear your surgical mask. So you have your precautions, still wrapping up, wearing your stuff, covering your face. You may not wear the face shield fully, but you're wearing goggles. You know, you still know you got to protect your eyes, your nose, your mouth. You got to protect all the the, the holes that are open. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) On on your face. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you're still taking your precautions. Well, I swear that Delta variant was here before they started saying that it was here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I swear, because at work, listen, you're talking about going through the worst part. I was good. I was going in the COVID rooms, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doing virtual visitation. Next thing you know, boom, I'm not feeling well. I'm like, what's going on? Mm. this is March listen a whole year from a whole year from you oh my gosh I didn't even put that two and two together Jesus yes one whole year from you right Mm -hmm. I'm not feeling right I'm like what's going on one day I'm feeling hot and I'm feeling cold like the whole week I wasn't feeling well so that Tuesday I went and got tested and it was like negative so I was like okay maybe I'm just not feeling well the Wednesday I was fine then the Thursday, I got up and I was like, wait, nah, nah, bro, something is not right. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize when you get the vid, <laughs> I'm not even calling COVID, we call it the vid, okay? The vid. The, the, the Rona, right? Because the COVID-19, the Delta is the vid, right? The first COVID-19 was the Rona, Rona. okay? But the variant mm-hmm. is the vid, okay? <laughs> when you get the vid, you know you got the vid. 
And anytime you people are like questioning, that's because they're in denial. You know you got the thing. You know mm-hmm. your whole mm-hmm. body feels different. And I don't even know yes. how to describe it, but I felt like who did what to who and when. Okay, that's mm-hmm. how I felt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like by a truck. Yeah. 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 And I was hot and cold. So I had taken cold, my temperature yep. in a minute when I was hot and I had a little fever. So I was like, okay, go along. So I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, oh man, I got the corona. I got the bed. It got me. But I didn't have no issue with smell or thing. I had a headache. That mm. headache was like Girl. terrible. Like terrible. Ooh. Like not even terrible, terrible. Okay, it yeah, was, <laughs> and it wouldn't, it wouldn't go nowhere, man. No matter how much Motrin, aspirin, whatever you take, it just don't break. The headache is just there the whole time. It's a different kind of headache. It's like COVID. Yeah. It's like sticking needles in your brain, like in your brain germs that are alive, yes. and they just sticking. They're like, ah, oh, I got you. I'm gonna get you, right? And that, and that, yes. sense of, bam, 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 and it just stays there, and it just playing. Oh. So anyway, God. So you know, and then I had a little. I had a cough. Right. And me and my significant other was joking. He was like, wait, you might got that thing. <laughs> like the way I was coughing. And I was like, no, I just got a little cough. My throat is itching. Dude, this allergy thing. Like, I ain't never coughing no allergy. What kind of bull? <laughs> <laughs> That's the now trying to talk it. So anyway, I go, I call, you know, the employee uh medical, you know, line and they were like, go get tested. So I went and got tested. And that was a whole bacchanal there trying to yes. get tested okay and we're mm-hmm. not gonna go into that but let me tell you something when you go to these places this is when you talk about people in color and the disparities when it comes to testing you see how people treat you right because they wasn't going to test me because they saw that i got tested two days before i had to raise hell and then they tested me you can you believe that so when people talk about disparities it's true it is true because they wasn't trying to test me. They were like, oh, you just got tested. Hold on. The bylaw said I could get tested whenever I want. Hello, I don't care what you say. Mm-hmm. Run the test, man. Okay, run it. So anyway, they <laughs> they ran the test. And the next day they called me. They were like, you got the Rona. I didn't believe it. I was in tears. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was in so that's when the quarantine began and as you said when you have to quarantine it's a strange thing yeah it is like when you have to be sequestered to a place like you said bring in the Lysol or the bleach I had straight bleach spray okay I ain't play all right I literally had a cot in the room I was sleeping on a cot okay by the window with a fan set up so the germs can go out the window okay yeah Yeah. and then Every time I went to the bathroom, I was there with that Lysol spray Lysol. mixed with bleach, okay? No, no, no. I mixed that joint with bleach, okay? Double power. And cleaning the toilet, cleaning the knob, you know? If I did have to come out the room, wearing the mask. And so, you know, my symptoms, you know, got a little worse because then, you know, I had like a sinus infection. So this is why I think I had the Delta event because mm-hmm. that's part of it, right? The whole sinus, the headache. So what I end up doing is going back to the job because they called me back in because I qualified for a clinical trial. See, at the time when you had it, they had clinical trials. Right. And so when they called me in for the clinical trial, it's like rem rum, but it, it begins with a B. I can't remember right now. I'll have it in the show notes. And I took that. And because I qualified for the clinical trial due to, you know, whatever I got going on, because just like you say, you juicy, I'm juicy. 
So I qualified <laughs> because I'm too I'm too juicy. So <laughs> that was supposed to ensure that I didn't end up hospitalized, you know, with any lung issues, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, they told me take the vitamin C, the zinc, and I had already been taking vitamin C, like you said. So you know yes. that was good. So vitamin C, zinc, vitamin B, and drink plenty of fluid. So I'm doing that, and I'm marinating <laughs> in the room, trying to get this bit out. And when my sinus issue cleared, I realized, wait, hold on, I can't smell nothing. Mm. I said, oh, the Rona really did get me, Jesus. Like, -hmm. I got the vid. Oh, my God. I could not smell. I could not smell. I could not smell. And um, I could still taste, thank goodness. I didn't lose that because I was eating. I didn't lose my (laughs) appetite. (laughs) I knew I didn't lose my taste because I had some food brought to the room. (laughs) It was some sausages. I could taste them bad boy. They were good. (laughs) (laughs) I was thankful for that. I just couldn't smell them. I couldn't smell anything that was on my plate. So you know, I realized it was really serious then. And so, you know, they tell you, you take like 10 days, 14 days to quarantine, and then you got to go back to work. And funny enough, they have those test and trace things and they call you and they call me towards the end. And I'm like, y'all late. Like, hey, how I never got a call. Listen, when you got it, you got it in the early. You got it early. So they didn't have none of these th- things set up. You see the, the, the difference, right? When you know mm-hmm. something, you do, you do yes. Yes, and the care. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so they was calling me up and talking. I'm like, I'm good. Y'all don't got to call me. I know what to do. I work I work in this. I'm good. I'm good. Call the people that out here willy-nilly, okay? Right. Call them. So they, they stopped calling. <laughs> but they did keep texting me. I had to text. They want to make sure you in the house. They kept texting me every day. And I had to say, boom. You know, they asked me if I still had symptoms, what the situation, yeah, they still, they keep on you. And if I guess if you don't answer, they're going to send the man to your house. So I was like, we good, we good over here. They were telling people that they're going to send DOH to the house because they got to Listen, they're not playing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American, hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience. You'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits. They're not playing. They're not playing. No, no, they're doing it. They're doing it. And so, you know, everybody in my house, thank goodness, was negative. But Mm -hmm. I was so surprised. They went got they got tested twice to make sure, you know, we could party. Oh, good. Good. So they were they were good. Um, but what ended up happening is upon my return to work, you know, I was told, you know, I had asked you, I was like, do you feel like crap after that? Like, yeah, you still still feel like you don't feel like yourself. You feel like that. So I was like, oh, okay, so I returned to work. And you looked me in my eyes, you were like, nah, maybe you shouldn't have returned to work. Right. Because <laughs> they tell you, you should return to work. They know that you're still going to be positive and return to work as long as you don't have the symptoms. And right. Like, so people walking around here at the job, with the vid, okay? With the vid. Still. Okay. Still. Mm. They, still. Mm. So I, I sure was, had it when I came back. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. 
So um, they said to return. And um, you were like, you know what? You know, you don't look well. I'm like, ah, well, you said you wasn't going to feel well. So I'm here. I didn't realize that the tightness that I was feeling sometimes in my chest was that I was having issues with breathing. Because when I use the oximeter, right, because they Mm -hmm. give you one, they give you a little oximeter when you go get the um, clinical trial and stuff like that, or when you get test positive, right? My oxygen levels were still good, right? They tell you if you go below 95 or something like that, then you need to go to the hospital, 95 or 94, something like that, if you go below. So I was like, oh, okay, it's fine. But I would still sometimes feel like I was gasping for air. And then also the insomnia, I couldn't sleep. I was like Mm -hmm. so anxious and I couldn't sleep and all these things. They don't tell you about that part of the bit, the anxiety that you get. It's like, it comes with it and the insomnia. Yes. Right. Sometimes you can't sleep. So this one night, the week I returned, it was like maybe a Wednesday I returned. I could not sleep. And I was like, and I can't breathe. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to go to the hospital. But I want to go there. I want to go to the hospital. I was like, because, you know, y'all didn't want to test me what I went. So I was like, I got to go to my job. <laughs> so I went to work and I ended up being there. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to see if I'm working it through. Maybe it's just my anxiety because I didn't equate the two that the COVID brings on the anxiety as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was just being anxious. And then by mid- midday, I wasn't feeling well. And so I told the boss and they, you know, sent me to the emergency room. And I, they were like, um, darling, <laughs> you got pneumonia. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, I got the vid and pneumonia. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, I had the little clinical trial. I wasn't supposed to have it. So it was a touch of the one. It wasn't the full lung. It was at the, the, the lower lobe. So it wasn't the full lung. But so I stayed in the emergency room for, you know, a few days. And while they gave me antibiotics and, you know, made sure I was good and stuff like that. I didn't have to get admitted inpatient, thank goodness. Don't nobody got time to be on oxygen and all that other stuff. Right. So, you know, that was just an experience. And, you know, even... To this day, I will say this, people don't realize how traumatizing COVID can be because there were times I'd wake up in the morning and go to the bathroom and then I'll rush back in the room like I forgot something because I forgot my mask. Mm -hmm. I was so used to wearing a mask in the house or I felt like panic, like Mm -hmm. something was going on. So, you know, that's the kind of thing. Even now it happens. I wake up or I go to the bathroom like I don't got my mask on, Lord. Yeah, it's triggering you know, mm-hmm. to be around people who have COVID. Right now I'm going into COVID rooms and um, mm-hmm. I offer comfort and support because mm-hmm. I've been there literally in your house waiting to die. Like, okay, today will be the day because I feel mm-hmm. like shit and this thing ain't letting up. You know, when COVID grab you, it really has a hold of you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine what COVID and asymptomatic look like or feel like mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the way you feel is like, okay, Lord, we ready. Let's go ahead and say a psalm or whatsoever we're supposed mm-hmm. to do because, because now is the time. Man, there's there's nothing like it. I would say to everybody, please continue to wear your mask. You know, mm-hmm. however you feel about vaccines, do your research and then make your choice wisely. When you go to a hospital, there are experimental drugs because, again, there is no cure. Mm-hmm. Some of those drugs include remdesivir, Regeneron, mm-hmm. and Decredon. You can ask your provider in the ED for it. You can ask for the um, experimental medications. And then a research nurse will follow up with you to see how you feel post-taking mm-hmm. those medications. 
so do your best to stay safe you know i know you love your people i know y'all love cancun <laughs> i know y'all love tulum i know y'all love jamaica okay but do us a favor and make sure that you could be on the beach and just distance man just distance yourself walk with your wipes walk with your bleach walk with your lysol if you can you know make sure that your space is clean wash your hands use sanitizer when you can't find soap and water alcohol based please and mm-hmm. do your part, man, to stay safe and keep your family safe. Because this thing, we lived to tell the story. You know, there's a lot of people who didn't live to tell their story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we just want to share that that nugget with you guys. And also, if you had COVID in 2020, please believe you can get COVID in 2021. Again, Initially, correct. the belief was that if you had it once, then you build up this immunity. And that, you know, you can't get it again. Trick bag, that's a lie. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you, working in medicine, life. you'll find out there are people that came to see us in 2020 with the vid and they survived. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then next thing you know, 2021, they positive again. I have clients. Yes. Okay. That we I have coworkers. Yes. Thank you. That we had it in times. 2020. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. So that's why, again, it's your personal choice to get the vaccine or not. But once I got the vid up in me, I said, oh. Oh, 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 I'm going to go get this vaccine because I ain't getting it again. Okay. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm, and if I get mm-hmm. it again, I'm not, because I feel in my mind, if I get it again, it's going to be worse because I've already touched it. Because even after I had to get a special inhaler to build back up my lungs because my lungs were terrible. They were mm. terrible. So I'm like, oh, okay. So if I had an issue then and I had to get get on this Simba cord, okay, with the with the steroids and it builds up my lungs, okay? Right? Because it does attack your lungs, regardless of who you are. Anything can happen. I know people who things have happened after COVID, right? Acute kidney failure. Yes. They never yes. had it. Yeah. I know people memory loss. Let me tell you, this foggy brain. Oh, that happens, yes. they don't talk to you about that where you get stuck. Forgot about it. <laughs> right? You get stuck. You're trying to think, you might be mid-sentence and you forget and what you're like, going to say. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what's going on. Or you forget what you're doing. Hell, I almost got into a car accident one day because I was stuck, okay? Mm-hmm. This COVID is real. It, people don't, re- the after effects, the af- it can attack your body. You'll see, you hear about it, the anxiety or the neurological effects that happen to some people right so for me I was like okay I can't get this thing again because I already got antibodies I don't need more antibodies on the next antibody and now it's going to attack part of my body okay so you got to decide what you're going to do and if you're not going to vaccine mask that ass up okay period uh I heard Juvenile did something was it Juvenile? <laughs> juvenile had a commercial about the vaccine mask that ass up Lord have mercy. <laughs> but you know what? How bad my brain is. I forgot about that part. <laughs> yes. So the COVID fog is very serious. And these are people, you know, who have gone into situations of who've gotten COVID with no pre-existing conditions. Thank you. No pre- And we're completely different. Our cells have changed. Our life is different. The trajectory of our life is different now after having survived mm-hmm. this. You absolutely get this brain fog. You absolutely can't remember. You just be looking sometime in space and you don't even remember where you're at. Like, it's a real thing. Some people have strokes. Strokes, yeah. yes. And heart conditions. I mean, thank you. yo, you just don't know how it's going to change you. You don't know how it's going to change you. So I would tell all the people who haven't had it, this is not something you want. This ain't mm-hmm. what you want because you don't know how you're going to come out on the other side if you come out on the other side at all. And even with the vaccine, 
I'm seeing a lot of people in certain places. I'm mm. not going to say what color they are, right? Or walking around without no damn mask. And I'm like, listen, just because you've been vaccinated does not mean you should not wear a mask. Droplets are still <laughs> droplets. You can still contract this thing. Just because you have a vaccine doesn't mean you're going to be cured. Doesn't mm. mean that COVID, you can't catch COVID again. Thank you, you know, the COVID rooms I'm going into now are people who've been vaxxed. Thank their particular you. demographic, they have been vaxxed and, you know, it's still bad for them. So mm -hmm. please do your part, everybody. Please do, please do your do thing. Your as, as your boy said, what's his name? What's his name? Andrew, what, the, the, um, I don't like men's no more. He's delivered. He said, uh -oh. wear your mask. Okay. <laughs> wear your mask. <laughs> wear your mask. Okay. Don't play around with this thing. Wear your People mask. And wash your hands, okay? Don't be nasty. That's it. Wear your mask and wash your hands. Hand sanitizer is in abundance. Yes, it is. It's in abundance. You know, and wearing a little $2 mask, a dollar mask, a free mask you get from one of these clinics or something, that's the best thing you can do for yourself right now. Wear your mask. It don't take no extra effort. Yes, it's uncomfortable. We all know that. But how about the uncomfortability of being on a vent? Thank you. When you think about being on a vent, and having to get supplemental oxygen or being unable to breathe on your own, you think, hmm, a mask mm -hmm. for 20 minutes, half an hour, hour, my whole day? Yeah, man, that's a little sacrifice I can make. So Thank think about you. these things. And when you're in the bashment, right? Because people <laughs> still going to bashment, going to things now, okay? You out here, you know, winding down and, yes. you know, juking up people and all kind of stuff. Fat Joe said, remember, COVID's in here. Oh, it's in here. <laughs> Okay. COVID, jab, jab, <laughs> paint and powder. It's the whole thing. But y'all just got to be safe. Please wear y'all mask, please. So, yes, I know last year, and, you know, I think we have to just cross-reference, but last year, FEMA was willing and able to help families pay up to 7000 to cover funeral expenses for COVID-19 yes. victims because mm -hmm. things were happening so fast, right? Mm -hmm. The federal assistance will be limited to a maximum of 7000 per funeral with a maximum of 35500 per application for multiple funerals of other family members. And that was after January 20, 2020. Correct. So because Delta variant is still out there, I believe FEMA is assisting FEMA may be spread a little thin because they do have uh, all of the remnants from Hurricane Ida and all of these things mm -hmm. going on. But if it's COVID related, they do have a special department for that. Please, mm -hmm. you know, reach out to them, file your claims, do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a grassroots organization called Marked by COVID, which is a movement mm -hmm. to collect stories of people who've been impacted by COVID-19 and inspire a safer public health. They've also been working with elected officials to get an official national holiday and permanent memorials for those who died as a result of COVID. Um, I also think they have a sympathy card exchange program where they send cards, you know, my condolences to you, et cetera. Mm -hmm. so, so check them out if you want to be a part of that pen pal program and just look them up, follow them on social media, marked by COVID. Okay. So if you have anyone who may be suffering from COVID-related stress, anxiety, depression, or grief, they are not alone. If they live in the NYC area, they can call 1-888-NYC-WELL or text NYC-WELL at 66-173. They can also call SAMHSA, Substance Abuse and Mental Health Administration National Helpline at 1-800-662-HELP or NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Health Helpline at 
950-6264, Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern. So thank you for sharing your experience. Thank you. Yes. So if you guys want to connect with us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Queens of Social Work Pod or on Instagram at the Queens of Social Work. Or if you want more information on the topic we discussed today, feel free to take a look at our show notes or email us at thequeensofsocialwork at gmail.com. We really like if you rate review and follow us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening. Make it a great one.